Our scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew uh, chapter 27, verse 57, through chapter 28, verse 10. Hear now the word of our Lord. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, The chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and was going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. These past couple of weeks, I've been watching out the window of the parsonage with great interest as one by one, these old oak trees in the front yard are stripped of their branches, felled, and then reduced to stumps. And watching them has brought to mind a old Christian legend. It's about a man named Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus from Sunday school? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. 
is that tax collector that climbs up into a sycamore tree to get a sight of Jesus. Well, the old Christian legend goes that when Zacchaeus was an old man, his wife noticed that every evening after dinner, he would go for a long walk. She always wondered where he was going on this long walk every evening so faithfully after dinner. And so one evening, she decides to follow him. She keeps her distance um, behind Zacchaeus as he's uh, walking from the house, making his way through the town. And then finally to the site of that old sycamore tree. And she watches, holding her breath, as Zacchaeus takes a, a little jar of water and begins to water the roots of the tree. Finally, she gently makes her presence known to Zacchaeus and says, Do you come here every evening after dinner and water this old sycamore tree? Zacchaeus says, Yes. Yes, I do. She says, Why? Because, said Zacchaeus, this is where my soul first fell in love with Jesus. I've been thinking about that story a lot these past couple of weeks as the world has been spinning out of control. I've been thinking about the, the image of that old man being mysteriously drawn to the place where his soul first fell in love with Jesus. Part of it's because of the oak trees, but also has to do with something else I've been seeing as I've watched out the parsonage window. I've been watching all of these cars make their way to the church and, and people get out and find some excuse to walk in this building. Well, people have left each other things here. People have come to vacuum and sweep even though there's really no one to vacuum and sweep for. Out at Bethany, we're putting signs in the yard so people know we're celebrating Easter. Here at Bridal Creek, the ladies have decorated the altar with flowers, even though no one will see them. I wonder if you've had the same experience I have you walk through these doors and the lights are out and the pews are empty. It's just a sad reminder. The building's closed. No one here. And yet, we find ourselves mysteriously drawn this place, don't we? I wonder if that's what Mary and the other Mary were going through that Sunday morning. I wonder if they woke up just needing to draw near, just needing to, 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 to go somewhere where they, where they feel close to Jesus. 
So the Bible says they, they went just to see the tomb. See, they knew. They, they were standing right there when, when, the, when the stone was rolled over the mouth of the tomb. They knew there'd be guards posting outside. They knew they wouldn't be able to get in. They knew their master wouldn't be there waiting on them. And yet, and yet they find themselves mysteriously drawn to this place. So most of you have noticed by now that I'm hard of hearing. Um, I was born with a 50% hearing loss in each ear. Um, when I was a teenager, my parents bought me a special alarm clock for hard of hearing people. Um, they were tired of me sleeping through my alarm and not making it to school on time. So they bought me this alarm clock and it had three settings. Um, one was this, uh, was, was this really, really loud siren that uh, when the alarm went off, it would go, woo, 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 woo. And, uh, and, and the other setting was a, um, a, a strobe light, that, that, a really bright strobe light that, that would flash. And then the third setting was this little pad, this vibrating pad that you could put under your pillow and it would sort of gently vibrate you awake. Well, you can imagine which one I picked. I picked the, the vibrating pad. And so that night I put it under my pillow, I plugged it into the alarm clock, and I was all ready to go. Well, apparently there is a fourth setting on that alarm clock. And that fourth setting is all three. Because I woke up that morning and I am here to tell you uh, my, my, uh, my pillow was shaking. There was a siren going, woo, 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 woo. And, uh, and, 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 and a strobe light flashing in my eye, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, I thought I was having a seizure or Jesus was coming back or something. This is all to say, I can certainly empathize with what happens next. Because you take that experience and multiply it by about a million, and that's what the women and the soldiers were going through. Because suddenly there's this mighty earthquake and uh, an angel shows up that, 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 that is bright as lightning. And there's a, a boom and a crack. And the stone is rolled away from the grave. And the Bible says the soldiers shook. They fell like dead men. I get that. And the women were terrified. And the angel says, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here. He has risen. See, the angels tell the women, this place that you've been, that, that you felt yourself mysteriously drawn to, this empty building, Jesus isn't here anymore just an empty building. He's nowhere to be found. He's gone. He went that way. Don't be afraid. Go tell the other disciples. So the women run to do just that. 
And as they're running, wouldn't you know it, they run smack dab into Jesus. Think how amazing that must have been. These women running from the tomb, terrified, not knowing to make of what they've just seen, but they've, they've received these instructions, go tell the others, and not knowing what else to do, they're following the instructions, but, but, the, but they're terrified, but, and they're also filled with joy, and then suddenly they see their rabbi's smiling face. Greetings, he says. Do not afraid. Run and tell the others. It says they clasped his feet and they worshipped him. See, the, the women were mysteriously drawn to the tomb that morning. They were mysteriously drawn to an empty room, a hollow cave, because, because they just had to be close to him. But he's not in the empty building. He's not in the hollow cave. He's not in, in, in this room. He's not in the place where we leave him. Jesus doesn't stay put, does he? The risen Savior, a risen Lord, will not wait in, empty, in an empty room for us to get back. He, he's not sitting out here in the pews waiting for us to return. A risen Jesus is out in the world. Did you know you can visit Jesus' tomb today? You can. There's a place just outside of, of Jerusalem. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a little cave somewhere and they built a church around it. Now no one knows if this is actually the tomb. But they built this little, the, the, this chapel around it. It's called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Sepulchre. The Church of the Holy Tomb. And thousands of people a day go and visit it. They, they find themselves mysteriously drawn to this place. Sometimes they wait hours in line just to see the place where maybe Jesus' body could have laid. But he's not there, is he? Jesus is never where we left him. Jesus never stays put. When I was in Sunday school, we used to sing this song. It went like this. If I had a little white box to keep my Jesus in, I'd take him out and, and share him with a friend. That, by the way, is why I've not been doing any special musics for you all these past couple of weeks. But we like the idea of that little white box Jesus, don't we? That, 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 that Jesus that we can just, that, 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 that will stay put. That, that we can just say, this is your square. You stay here in this building. You stay here in this area of my life. We, 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 we like the Jesus that, that will stay in his compartment in our tray. Where, where the mashed potatoes don't touch the peas. 
but that is not what a risen Lord is like. That is not what a risen Savior is like. See, he is not in here waiting for us. He is out there. And when we follow Jesus' instructions, when we follow Jesus' instructions, that is the moment when we run into Jesus. When's the last time you ran into Jesus? Let me tell you, these past few weeks, for me, it hasn't been here in this empty building. Just like you all, I've found myself mysteriously drawn to this place. I've found little excuses to hang out here, even though I'm supposed to be, you know, up in the parsonage with a face mask, whimpering. But he's not been here. This is not where I've been running into Jesus. I've been running into Jesus out there where people in the church are making phone calls to one another. Where Sunday school teachers are organizing Google classrooms and, 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 and dropping off uh, uh, craft packets for the kids. Where people in the church are putting together Easter baskets so that their children will know that they are loved on Easter. When someone leaves a loaf of sourdough bread and a jar of jam in my mailbox. I've been encountering Jesus in my home and the time spent around the table playing board games with my kids or Introducing them to TV shows that I liked when I was their age. I've been encountering Jesus and the people from our number who have been reaching out to their community, volunteering to work the emergency hotline, to make deliveries to the most vulnerable among us, who have been giving generously of their money and their resources. You think Jesus is in, he in here waiting for us to get back? No. He's out there doing something. I've never seen anything like this. There is a revival going on right now. Now, it's not the old kind of revival, the kind we grew up with, that happens here in this building. It's not a tent revival. But there is something going on right now. Communities are coming together and they're serving each other. They're, 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 they're spending time and money sewing masks for people that they don't know. They're, they're organizing together to, to get groceries to people in need. People are finding themselves mysteriously drawn to Jesus during this time right now. 
Tyndale Publishing House that, that publishes uh, uh, multiple translations of the Bible, reported that, that, that sales of, of the Bible are up 60, 70%. On a good Sunday, before all this started, uh, our, our churches, our, our three churches here in the Bridal Creek Circuit, it might reach 75 people. Last I checked, 90 screens watched Living Room Church last week. Imagine two people at each screen worshiping with us. Maybe three. Maybe four. There is something out there happening right now. Jesus has left the building. And it is only when you and I leave the building too, it is only when you and I follow his instruction, do the work that he has left us to do, that we encounter him. Jesus has left the building. There is a revival happening. And let's not let it start without us. So I ask you, when is the last time you ran into Jesus? When is the last time Jesus unexpectedly showed up in your life in a place where you least expected him. Because that's what it means to serve a risen Lord. A risen Jesus does not stay put. A risen Jesus shows up whenever and wherever he chooses. Because Christ is risen. Because he lives, we have hope. Fear doesn't have to rule our day. Because he lived, no virus can kill our souls. Because he lives, no, no, no locked door can keep us from worshiping together. Because he lives, he can show up whenever and wherever he chooses. Even in a little boy named Philip. Philip was a 12-year-old boy with Down syndrome. Life is hard for kids with Down syndrome. Um, they can get sick really easily. Um, most kids, let alone adults, don't really understand the condition, understand what they're going through or how to relate to them. And kids, kids can be cruel. But Philip was lucky because he had an amazing Sunday school teacher. 
So um, one Sunday morning during the spring, uh, the, the, the Sunday school teacher, she, she brought in all of these, um, uh, these uh, big plastic pantyhose eggs. She's been saving them up and, and she brings them in. And she hands one to each of the kids in the class and she uh, talks to them about how spring is, is, a, is a time of new life and a time of celebrating God's creation. And so uh, she tells all the kids, I want you to take your, your, your big egg and I want you to go out into the churchyard and I want you to find something that symbolizes new life to you and I want you to bring it back and share. Well, all of the kids go out there and do this, and, uh, and, and they bring their uh, pantyhose eggs back filled with something. Some of the kids, um, uh, they share, they open their egg, and, and there's, there's, there's a leaf in it or a flower. One kid found a, a little blue robin's egg. Well, it's Philip's turn, and, uh, and, and Philip is proud of, of, of his egg, and he opens it, and there's nothing inside of it. The other kids, kids start to giggle, and Philip's Sunday school teacher um, quickly uh, tries, to, tries to, to change the conversation and move on to someone else. And Philip says, no, I, I want to talk about my egg. And then Philip explains. See, my egg is empty. Like Jesus' tomb was empty on Easter morning. That empty tomb reminds us of new life. And all of those kids were suddenly in awe of Philip. And none of the kids in that class ever picked on him or made fun of him or giggled about him again. A couple of years pass and Philip gets sick. You know, Kids with um, Down syndrome are more susceptible to diseases. So his body isn't quite able to fight off the sickness, and Philip dies. And they have the funeral. People are bringing in flowers pictures of Philip, some of those quilts with Bible verses on them. And then Philip's Sunday school class shows up. And each of the kids in Philip's Sunday school class bring empty pantyhose eggs. And they lined him up in front of his casket. 
when is the last time you ran into Jesus? Because I promise you, he is not here waiting for us in an empty room. We serve a risen Lord who will show up any time, in any place he chooses. So it's up to us to do the work that he has called us to. If we do that, he will be faithful to show up. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just miss alone. Fall 
helpless stand before the throne. Christ alone, cornerstone, the weak made strong in the Savior's blood. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Christ. Lord of